How you doing, everybody? This is Dennis Michelson. Welcome to the Data Lab here on For Frequency Sake. This is where all the data gets crunched to use the scientific method to hopefully make you a smarter fantasy football player. It certainly worked for me and the professor, and he joins me now, Mr. John Bush, a real professor, folks, here on the show. Welcome back. Hey, Dennis. Uh, week eight, uh, lots of injuries, lots of waiver wire studs and duds. Uh, we're still trying to play Zach, uh, Zach Evans, huh? Uh, that was uh, that blew up ever. Hey, I, I actually won the lottery out of about 40 waiver wires. I think I got him in three places. I'm so excited not. Uh, but uh, I was wise in saying, you know, if somebody wants to outbid me, go ahead. I did not, you know, leverage the the farm to get him, but I put enough in there that three out of 40 that people let me have him. So there was really some smart people that I played with in three leagues, but the rest of them took the bait. So uh, this week uh, – there's, you know, there's other kinds of dangles out there that are tricky. I mean, I've already heard that Royce Freeman supposedly looked better than Daryl Henderson. I don't know if you've heard that chatter. So I'm just wondering, are we going to hear those tweets, you know, Sunday after? Well, I told y'all, whatever. You know, I'm just ready for all that, those declarations to flip out to, so uh, I have put some dollar bids on Royce this week uh, and actually picked up, uh, going to try to pick up uh, Pierre Strong for a dollar cheap where everybody's looking elsewhere at Kareem Hunt. I'm, I'm you know, investing a dollar play because Hunt, you know, just in case he gets hurt. So always, I mean, I think that is worth, a pick for a dollar, but I didn't see anything else that was worth leveraging. I know Daryl Henderson's out there. I am putting a little bit of bid, but it's not crazy bids, Dennis. It's probably much less than Zach Evans at this point. I got burned last week in three leagues, and I'm tired of getting burned, so I'm I scaled back my and let everybody else have. In other words, I'll take Royce Freeman for a dollar and let you overspend for Henderson kind of thing or Pierre Strong. Uh, so those are some of uh, the running backs that I'm looking at this week. And that's a good strategy, actually. I, I do, whenever I put in a bid and I go after somebody, I always put in a secondary bid or a contingency mm-hmm. bid uh-huh. for the other running back that uh-huh. might be the guy. And, yeah, I read that one wrong. I thought they were going to give the rookie a chance. Well, they main, didn't. Mainly because they signed two other guys, Freeman and Gaskin, to their active mm-hmm. roster. And I knew they weren't going to put four running backs on the active roster. And then all of a sudden they put Kyron Williams on IR. So instead of, oh, Kyron Williams will be back right after the bye, now it'll be an additional week. And they just decided we're going to put them on IR and, and free up our opportunities because 
We don't know if he'll be ready in three or four games to come back. So now they've made it four officially. Uh, So, but as soon as I saw them put Kyron Williams on the IR, I went in and grabbed as much Daryl Henderson and as much Royce Freeman as I could. Everybody had blown their money on Zach Evans. I had some Zach Evans already on my roster, but I took a wait and see on this one because I was just not sure how it was reading it. I'm giving a, a shout out to to uh, Frank Amarante from uh, Twitter, one of the, the our, our guys that we follow a lot on Twitter, because Frank is one of those sensible guys that reads a situation and tells you that sometimes it's best to hedge your bets. I hedged my bets. It paid off. And now, of course, because of contractual issues, you can put a guy back to the practice squad. So Daryl Henderson went back to the practice squad on Monday. And we'll wait until Saturday to see if they sign him off the practice squad and activate him again. They could do this up to three times. The third time you do it, you got to keep him or waive him. That's the way the rules go. So you'll see more movement. I had one team, Professor, where I played both Freeman and Henderson to play in both concept. I like it. Didn't play Evans because by that time, by the time game time came around, the coach was telling you what he was going to do. And I believed the coach and I didn't get burned by coach speak this week. But you're right. We always have to be cautious when it comes to my, my favorite comment in fantasy football. Oh, this guy's been splitting touches with so-and-so and they both been a RB15 for a few of the weeks, splitting touches. Now the first guy is out. So if you added both of their points up, they would have been RB2 last week. So this remaining back is going to be RB2. No, it's not how it works. If a guy's in a split touch situation, it's probably going to be a split touch situation again. It'll just be somebody else. That's next up. We're seeing the same thing with Arizona, with the tight end situation. Zach Gertz goes on IR. Trey McBride is the next man up who has been getting a decent amount of the snaps. Now, all of a sudden, it's all with Ertz out. McBride's going to get all of the tight end targets for Arizona. Not necessarily. If they're playing two tight ends, and that's how McBride got some work, why are they going to stop playing two tight ends? It's just going to be a different two tight ends. You have to look at how the coach is using players and and adjust accordingly. It you, There's no magic in this that the remaining guy is going to get all of the touches going forward It'll just be somebody else, folks. It'll be somebody else stepping up the plate. And that's what we saw with Los Angeles. Los Angeles all season long had been about an 80-20 split where their main guy was getting 80% of the touches. 
Last week, it was now a 50-50 split with two guys they were uncertain of. That's what we're going to see. So it takes a couple of weeks to figure out a running back situation sometimes. And by the time you figure it out, it's lost. Hey, we had it all figured out with Arizona, right? We were playing, we were playing DiMicardo the first week that, that uh, they were missing Connor. How did that work out? Keontae Ingram got all of the touches, or 80% plus of the touches. Last week, last week, of course, you could fire up Keontae Ingram with confidence because the coaches showed his hand. DeMarcado got almost all of the touches. So sometimes in fantasy football, when you have a backup situation, it's hard to read. That's why you don't blow your entire fab budget on any one guy unless you are certain that player is going to have a role for the rest of the season. Puka Nakua was a, was a fabulous example. I, I'd spell, spend all of my fab money and half of yours to get the guy early in the season because we knew after one week that this guy wasn't going away. He's a freak of nature. He's an incredible talent. He's going to get targets, even with little Cooper cup back and healthy. So, but those are the kinds of situations that are rare. The kinds that are more common are, Who's going to get the touches? I don't know. It's going to be one of these guys. And trying to read that is tough. How about Jeff Wilson coming back from IR? Hmm. Oh, they're going to fire Jeff Wilson up. Nope. Didn't see much of anything of Jeff Wilson. So it's tough to read these running back situations when injuries happen. Kareem Hunt missed practice this week. He's listed questionable. He's going to play. But Pierre Strong's going to play, too. How is the distribution of touches? It's it's obviously going to be different than it was with Chubb and Ford early in the year. And it's going to definitely be different than it was with Ford and Hunt the last couple of weeks. So tough reads, tough quarterback situations. Justin Fields out again. Uh, we're going to be missing Daniel Jones again this week, which... If you have a Daniel Jones on your roster, you're almost happy when he's out, so you don't have to think about playing him. Uh, Deshaun Watson with a shoulder injury. He's going to be on the massage table instead of the football field. Mm -hmm. And Ryan Tannehill also Mm -hmm. out. So lots of quarterback uncertainty to go with the running back uncertainty. And Roshan Johnson still not out of concussion protocol. Yeah, that worries me. Big time. He's yep. been in that concussion protocol for a couple of weeks now. That yeah. When does it get to the point where he might be put on IR and he might be done for the season? Yeah. What about Bijan? He was talking about weird <laughs> headaches. That sounds like concussion that maybe was missed. What well, What do you think about that? I've heard that speculation. It could either be a concussion problem or a hangover problem. I always wonder with some of these young players that are not used to the cycle of things in the NFL 
And now all of a sudden, hey, all their buddies are out Saturday night. Did they go out? Did did he have a little too much of Saturday night before uh, Sunday? He, he looked like he was on over on the bench. I just I don't know. But I, yeah. you're right. In football, boy, it's it's possible that a migraine situation could be a, a concussion that you didn't see. These guys yep. take a lot of beating. And a lot of them don't volunteer because oh, no. they just they want to just keep marching through the walls. And, you know, they have to be stopped. Some of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the NFL. If yeah. you if you sit out a stop. game, you sit out a game. Somebody else is going to take your job. That's yeah. So you want to jump dollars. back in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm fine. Coach, put me in. That's like Tua last year. Yeah, that's that's exactly who I, I was thinking about is Tua. Yeah, Tua, and and we used to applaud that toughness in players back in the 60s and 70s. Ah, he just had his his bell rung. He get back out there. You know, he just he just has had his knee taken off. Just rub some dirt on it. Get it back out there, kid. Yeah. You know, now these guys they're thankfully a little more aware of these injuries being pretty severe, but yeah, it, it's Bijan's a wait and see now, you know, yeah. you just can't, you, you're just not sure of what's so going on. I put uh, Patterson as a dollar play in my contingencies. One of the kind of in that mix, I haven't forgot that. Now remember I got pretty deep roster, so I got room to squirrel some of these ways. So I'm squirreling some of these potential Huskies away. There you go. Uh, there you go. So uh, he's another one that, you know, deep down, if Alger steps up, Patterson's going to be the relief guy. And for a dollar and you get in a bind, like another 16, when is that? Week 12, whenever. It might be nice to have Patterson then if something happened to Bijan. You know, you just never know. Yeah, and that's a guy that has quite a resume, too, when he gets the chance. Um, he's a classic example, Professor, of, of a guy that my MVP index likes a lot. You know, we're, we're testing this MVP index this year, but it dawned on me that there are three things I care about in fantasy football. Okay. I want consistency. I want lots of big games, lots, and I don't want bad games. Like, I don't want a guy who's going to lose me a week. Bijan Robinson was a classic example, Professor. Uh, one of the guys in my guillotine league, his team has scored the third most points this season going into last week. He had Bijan Robinson, Raheem Mostert, Calvin Ridley. You know what? You know what he's doing this week. What's he doing this week? He's out of the league. He gone. Rut row. Rut he row. gone. He had the lowest score with all those superstars on his team because they were all failing to live up to their superstar billing on any given week. And here's here's Raheem Mostert is a classic example. So he's fifth right now in my weekly values. But if you look at 
the MVP, he's only a rated of 52. So that's pretty low. So that's, that's that's outside the top 20. So it's a situation where so, weekly value, the upside, the good upside games say that he's really, really good. But he has some really, really bad games as well. So the MVP index is a good sign of safety in fantasy football because to get an MVP index of 145 like McCaffrey does, you can't have any bad games. you got to have mostly great games. Anything over 100 is incredible. Anything over 75 in the MVP index is an automatic starting player. If I've got a guy over 75 on the index, I don't even think twice about defensive matchups. And if I've got a whole lineup of guys over 75 on the MVP index, I'm smiling from ear to ear knowing that I'm going to do really, really well this week. And I and my chances of bad is eliminated. But the lower the MVP index, the more it's an indication that guys have had bad games recently. It's it's kind of like looking at a bad buyer's figure for a horse race. You know, it, yeah, this guy posted a or this horse posted a, a one hundred five and a ninety three. But sandwiched in between there is a 52. Uh-oh, what happened? Is this horse just not always in good form? So the MVP index, Professor, is is really doing well in beta testing because it's getting me to avoid the guys that are riskier plays. Gotcha. And uh, I'm looking, and this is at sure... The editor for you weekly values for week eight, and you define your weekly value consistency, the MVP index, the value of the player kind of a big composite. And I'm looking at Moster, and he, you're right, he's a 52, but his consistency sucks as well. Yes is half of what roughly McCaffrey is, and that makes sense. Uh, Gibbs is another one that's low, too. I'm looking at the bad. Williams is bad, you know, 36. So not saying they can't have a game, but I think those players are going to be really spiky, right? Is that kind of what we're spotting here? Yeah, and that's exactly what we're spotting because remember the weekly values is sort of an upside figure. It's it's the uh-huh. player's best games. It's if you look at roughly a third of their of their games played, these mm-hmm. are their best scores. Mm-hmm. The MVP index mm-hmm. and that's that's based on full games played, okay? Right. MVP index says, I don't care if it's a full game played or if it's one snap and you got hurt and you didn't come back. I am Mm -hmm. counting that game against Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. 
So with a player like Mostert, he yeah, has look some, at him. He has some game scripted games where because of the flow of the game, he doesn't get as much many touches and therefore he doesn't produce. But when he's at his best, well, yeah, he's he, fifth. He's fifth. He's fifth best in the league. He's fifth he's at his best, best, but he can be one of the worst. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's a concept that a lot of people have a hard time getting their head around because fifth best in weekly value, 29th in MVP. Still that good. That is crazy. Still not horrible. Okay. 29th. Dennis, I'm looking at your top group here and, you know, uh, you know, the top 20 or so only a Williams uh, who's on the IR now is worse. Yes. He's at 36 MVP. So there's yet another one. It's like, man, it's like sticking your finger in the light socket for those guys <laughs> on occasion. Yeah. It's it, just, you need to be ready, right? Is that, it'd be a good tiebreaker. In other words, if I've got a flex and Williams and most are active, Depending on my situation, and you know, I look at defense against position, but if everything's tied, I'm going to go, even though both suck on MVP, Moster's a little better than Williams. So I would, I would probably go Moster over Kerwin Williams, you know, in a vacuum. Yeah. And that's the right data. That's the exact right play to make. But let's say I've got Mostert Mm -hmm. and. You know, maybe Barkley, Joe Mixon. Okay, Joe Mixon. Joe okay. Mixon, a guy that a lot of people are like, ah, you know, he's ordinary. He just gets good volume. Mm-hmm. Okay, I I agree with you. His upside on any given week is not as great mm-hmm. as Moster. Moster, but well, he's double. He's always MVP. consistent. He's, he's double. He's double. So double. that's. A, that's a huge difference. And I'm looking at 15 points on MVP as being a significant number. Well, that is serious. That's 50 points, Dennis. Yeah. That's three levels of significance difference. Yeah. So this is how we're, <laughs> how we're doing some beta testing. And what I'm using it for, Professor, is mm-hmm. I'm going ahead and 75 and over, they're mm-hmm. in my starting lineup. I don't care about defensive matchups because if you're that high on the MVP index, you've had good games against really good defenses. Does it mean you're going to put up a 30-point game? No, but you're going to get me 10. You're going to get me 8. You're going to get me 12. You're going to keep me in the game versus a guy with a lower MVP index. Oh, you might give me 30 but you also might give me four. And when it comes to fantasy football, yes, you love those big upside guys. Like weekly values, I won't care what a guy's MVP value is if I'm in a best ball tournament and I'm picking guys for best ball. I just want upside. But if I'm setting my lineup and I've got to live with that big old donut hole or a four, you know, zero to four points, 
that can kill your team. That and can, you know, coming to the playoffs, Dennis, your MVP is going to be more valuable because people are not going to want to start monkeying around if they need to win. If it's winning your end, you better know what you're doing. And so I think your MVP is going to get more valuable as the season goes on because games become more critical versus week one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I lost. Okay, got plenty of ammo left. Boy, come week 13 and 14, and you're, you know, you're relying on a 36 MVP to get you in, you know, worst case scenario. Whew, that'd be, boy, I'd be sweating. I'd be looking for some other help if I could. And that's the whole point is because a lot of times what people do, well, they'll, they'll be riding the hot hand mm-hmm. and they'll have a player that just scored back to back 25 point games and they're just looking great. And I'm looking at the MVP index because that's a longer range idea of how this player is going to do. So it's, it's a good landscape. Number. Yeah. I don't care about what happened last week. Yeah. There's gopher holes out there, Dennis. I don't yeah. want to step in one and break my leg. <laughs> I care about what happens in the future. And if I look at the data from the past right. in the right way, mm-hmm. I believe it can give you a better chance to avoid those big old well, gopher holes. Man, you do not want to be for, having yeah. that happen. And folks, this, this I'm sitting there looking at this on the science of fantasy football, and uh, you know this article is great. I advertise it on Twitter. You need to be all up in this, and it's only going to get more critical, Dennis. Uh, I had a couple questions, and I'm looking at somebody like Fields. Look at him; he's got a three on his MVP. Watson has a zero. Yes. Wow. I mean, you talk about roll the dice. Dennis, those are some really, you got to be really out there to try to be playing those guys unless you're in a bind. Yeah. And and that's the thing is right now, you know, the right. weekly value for Deshaun Watson based on his best games when he was last it, healthy. It's good. It's good. It's he's solid. He's, six or seven. He's, yeah. He's he's a he's a QB six. But if you look at his total work, his whole his whole resume wow. since he's been back and he's gonna blow football, you up, Dennis. He hurts you. He hurts it's the hot potato. Time. It's going to burn your hand one day. And now he's got a bum shoulder. This is not the guy. I, I no. was, I've been no. offered in the past two weeks, I have been offered to Sean Watson for a variety yeah. of players on my roster. And I finally said to the guy, if he's such a great player, yeah, why are you trying to move him? And and he, he says, "Well, yeah. would you like would you like Jordan Love instead?" And I'm like, "Modest, yeah." No, I want C.J. Stroud. That's the guy I want. If you hey, want, hey, if you want hey. some good players from my team, it's going to cost you C.J. Stroud. Wow. 
And even C.J. Stroud's only at a 33 MVP index. To yeah. give you an idea, the top two quarterbacks right now, yep. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, 97 and 90 with their MVP index. And it hurts at 78. Hurts at so 78. He, so he's in his second tier. And, and all by himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, pre-draft, I had all three of those guys same tier. So you're, yeah. you know, this deep into the season, you're kind of teasing hurts out a little bit for me. And next year, you know, I've I've got to look at my consistency numbers because I've, you know, my calm data, and I'm curious to see this year how that's going to pair up with your MVP because I know for our best ball, our Superflex best ball, Dennis, our three tournament plays, we're number one in two of the three. Did you check that out today? You yes, I did, actually. I did. I, yeah, we're, I was, we're doing, I'm, yeah. I, I'm getting greedy. I'm, I'm rubbing my grasshopper <laughs> feeders together, and I'm thinking, because mm, we only invested 100 for three plays, so I'm thinking if we can get into the tournament, we get 200 back. So we've doubled our So my goal is to double our money. If we get one, then we break even. And, of course, you know, if we go deep in the tournament, we, we it's cha-ching. But right now, I just want to double my money so we play six next year. I'm already, uh, uh, you know, foraging the hoarding for next year, Dennis. So I'm, I'm getting a little greedy, I know. But, you know, Dr. Bush can't help that. Okay, so let's talk wide receivers real quick. Uh, look at T. Hill yeah. and Jefferson and Cup and Nakua. 157. He's tops, Dennis. Not the highest in weekly value, but the highest in your index. So tell, take me through how he can be considered you know, so much better than Cup, right? Well, not so much. It was plus four, so that's the same. But he's better than Hill and Jefferson at one twenty-four. That's that's significant. And, yeah, and, and, and yeah. So, so he's significantly better. So here's my concern with Nakua. Okay, it's only seven games, and I said Boy, last what seven last, though. Last week, I, oh yeah. Out of the seven games, six of the seven are insanely great. So I do think he's got a value there. But I would believe if you look at the same number of games and you let a player go through a couple of years of getting Uh banged up in the NFL and having to play occasionally hurt and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff, although, hey, Nakua's a big kid. He's going to stay pretty healthy. I would expect his MVP index to drop maybe into the 130s by the end of the season. That's still insanely great. So oh, I'm, that's, I'm, that puts him in the top two or three right there. Oh, yeah. absolutely. He is. He's in my thinking right now, what we've seen with Naku and him being able to take over a game is very Tyreek Hill-ish. It's very Stefan Diggs-ish. It's very Justin Jefferson-ish. And it's very Cooper Cup-ish. And very Keenan Allen-ish. I'll mention him as well. So those are the elite guys in fantasy football 
that you want on your team. Nakua is one of those guys. And I don't care that Mm -hmm. Cooper Cup is the other side of the field from him Mm -hmm. because Cooper Cup has taken up a lot of the other defense. They're taking – he might be getting still the best cornerback on the other team if they switch him over on any given down. So Nakua gets a little break. Mm -hmm. And right now, I think Nakua and Cup, like Nakua is a little faster Cooper Cup. Isn't that a scary thought? Isn't that a scary thought? Yeah, so right now, yes, I'm a little concerned about the, the data sample. But oh, what a data sample it is. And yeah, again, so great. anybody over 100, that is elite. Mm-hmm. Anybody over 100 in MVP, that is elite. In That's 11 oh, guys. Got some good ones in your, That's 11 in your, guys. Right. Our guy, Amon Ross St. Brown, just under that at 96 because he missed a couple of games where he, have had, he had shortened games and didn't produce. Mm-hmm. But there are some, you know, those are the best of the best over 100. Again, over 75, they're in my lineup automatically. Guess who that includes right now? Ridley, right at 75. I am scared to play Ridley. Boy, that's a tough one this week. But right on on that number for me, so... I will use my common sense okay. going forward. But, but yeah, it's it's very interesting to see this MVP index in action, and we've seen some yeah, real good Yeah, and I've got separation. one more question on the tight ends, Dennis. Yes. And this is, I, I, it, you know, uh, Dalton Kincaid, he's a minus 13. Yes. He has earned that with Knox sitting here. It's kind of like Pitt's. And Janu, in other words, right now, your MVP can get muddled if there's this kind of tandem, right? Am I I thinking about that right? You are. His worst games are because, for whatever reason, Knox, you know, was able to take over when Kincaid was. Of course, he's just learning the game, too. But I'm curious to see. Watch his MVP go up if Knox is out three or four weeks. I, oh, I suspect he'll move up. Yeah, and, and I think even if Knox was there, mm-hmm. we would see Dalton Kincaid finish the season in the 20s, minimum. Okay. Without Dalton Kincaid there, I think he'll end up in the 50s by the end of this year. Uh, just as a as a point of relativity here, Kelsey, 115. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. The, the next best is Andrews at 89. at 89. So he's double, you know, double huge. the show. Roughly. Huge, huge, huge. In other words, if there. we had tiers, we would have to put Kelsey in a tier, skip a tier, wish there was somebody there, and then go to Andrews, and then wish there was somebody there, and go to Laporta, and Hawkinson kind of there. So yes. we'd have a missing person, a Kelsey light between Andrews and Kelsey. We need that extra person here. I'm greedy. I want yeah. that Kelsey light. And I don't know who that is. 
we had they're not here this year or at least haven't shown up yet it is defined the mvp index in my opinion has really shown us that there is one guy so far ahead of the pack oh he is he, he's clearly we have never zone. seen a player this dominant uh in his divi- you know in his position have we no no I, not not to this extent in fantasy football it's it's an insane separation mm-hmm. against the pack i mean that's i i'm telling you 15 is a significant tier difference in and he's mvp he's above right he's he's 26 ahead yeah. and and then 18 drop off to laporta so here's the thing you well, get all Hawkinson, the way- laporta i think and and waller is kind of within shooting distance and kill yes. yep. it's it gets a little muddled there Yes, it does. And then, you know, it, it drops off again pretty significantly Schultz, uh, after Fairmouth, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. But it, it's interesting to see and watch this data and see how players move up and down the scale. Mm-hmm. And if a player is minus, it doesn't mean I'm not going to play him. But it means I go in playing him understanding. Yeah that I could get a really dud game on any given week. But the Kelsey's and the Andrews of the world, this is why I've stressed having an elite tight end is such a huge difference in fantasy football. I have a two tight end league where it's Kelsey and Waller are my tight ends. And that has given me... You're killing them. I got Kelsey Waller and my quarterback is Josh Allen. You're killing them. I'm I'm a I'm right now 13 and 1 in that league. We play one game against the consensus. Right. I'm 13 and 1. Last year without an elite quarterback, I was running just a little over 500 in that wow. league. So the elite tight ends, the elite quarterbacks together is a great combo platter in fantasy football. I had to give up Justin Jefferson to get Josh Allen. I had to give up Justin Jefferson plus draft picks. Yep. High draft picks. Yep. To get the elite quarterback, but it's paid off. That's, that's the kind of the that's the kind of indication of where you are on these MVP index data because love this data it lets you understand i'm giving up this guy in trade but here's what i'm getting up give, getting back and here's where i'm increasing in my MVP index as a total elite quarterbacks elite tight ends they <laughs> are very very hard to find. And if you got them on your team, you yep. have an advantage every single week because we're chasing what matters Damn in fantasy straight. football. Damn straight. We're chasing what matters. We don't want a horrible games. We want good consistency. We want a guy with frequent great games. Right now, this is an insane statistics, but right now, Travis Kelsey has more 20 point plus games 
in the last two years plus than almost everybody except for Andrews has in 10 plus point games. It's insane. Like everybody else, he's pretty close to the best tight ends. Like Darren Waller has as many 10 plus point games as Kelsey has 20 point games. And Darren Waller is pretty darn good. But this is the kind of data that gets sorted out with this MVP index. It gives you one number to compare and look instead of looking at percentages in so many things. I'm a big believer that you chase what matters in fantasy football and you'll be chasing more titles. And this is great stuff. Uh, folks, it's out here for free. Can you imagine? The editor's still angry at Dennis. <laughs> telling you, just give it away here. Uh, nobody else is doing anything like this, Dennis, that I've seen. Uh, nobody's done any of your weekly values. Uh, my com data is uh, uh, pretty interesting. I, I probably need to update it for the season so far, just kind of a halfway through. If I get a chance, I might do that. I don't know if I we're so busy doing stuff, but Anyway, certainly for next year's preseason, we'll have MVP, weekly consistency, calm down. We'll have tons of stuff, and, and uh, you know, I think we're going to get even better now, especially in best ball, having knowing where the floor is versus not knowing where the floor is. I don't think people think about that, you know, drafting – the ceiling, but remembering where the floor is. And I, I really like your MVP index. And I really think it's going to, you know, we still haven't seen all of it yet. And we might tweak it a little bit, you know. We'll just see how it all goes. Yeah, the weekly values took about four or five years of experimenting with the right formula until I got the right data out of it. And then it took three years of of testing to make sure that the tweaks were the right tweaks before I started using it religiously in my drafts. This MVP data is, again, it's such a simple number, but it's it's calculated from the three important things that you need to know in fantasy football and instead of looking at three different numbers and trying to sort out what that means it puts them all together in one number that you can use to compare one player to another again folks it's one tool in the toolbox to be used and you can't use the same tool like you know yeah, I guess you can use a screwdriver as a hammer, but a hammer does a better job as a screwdriver. The MVP index, I think, is going to have its best days in set lineup situations versus best ball. I think it'll still be very successful in best ball, but I like it most for telling you when you can avoid the real real bad games because those are the ones that can cost you 
of Fantasy Football Championship. So head on over to the scienceoffantasyfootball.com. Check out all the professor's data. Check out my weekly values and more. learn more about the MVP index as well. Hey, check out our sister podcast, The Science of Fantasy Football as well. Then head on back here to For Frequency's Sake next week for another edition of The Data Lab. Get to work, folks.